0: Hey can't rain all the time
1: maggot's Michael
0: I love you I know I can go slow ahead come on down and chump some of this shit. is some scary movie. I like scary movies. Uh huh. Hell is this? This is for Brody? Oh God. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice
2: showtime so we're live
1: we're live hi everyone and welcome to the nerdy up north podcast it's a nerdy podcast that is hosted by northern nerds i am one of your hosts sam and i am the other host paul and we are joined by bbc's very own dinosaur loving festival-going, Trans Diva, and the Green Queen herself. <laughs> you can catch her every week on BBC Upload Show and has now joined the podcasting world with her very own podcast, Go Hard or Go Home. We are so happy to welcome back friend of the podcast, Emma
3: Miller. Hey, Yay. guys. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a little intro. I've never had that before. I'm famous.
2: It's, it's, Thanks, yeah. it's something that we've been trying to practice in like, the last few weeks. Doing intros for because it's it's better than me just saying it's Lee he's a dick but yeah uh... yeah
1: I mean there's there is that but did you notice the green
3: oh yeah do you was wear a lot of green <laughs> I do but today I've not I've got my special nope. merch on today day I oh, know it's a very special greener.
2: t-shirt yes <laughs> <laughs> representing the colours there thank you represent so yes um Emma has been a huge supporter of not just the podcast but pretty much everything that we do up north mm-hmm. and she it's not a first appearance even though you'll never nope. be able to see the a first appearance because <laughs> youtube hates us um she came on to talk about jurassic park during the charity stream and was Yay. had so much fun the hour blew past so quickly that she didn't want to leave um and we've managed to get her because she is the busiest working girl in show business as well. (laughs) Um, Managed to get her to come back on and we're very excited to have Emma on. So thank you so much for supporting us as well. Thank you.
3: Thank you for having us. Thanks for being great because you (laughs) do great things. So we have got to shout about these things, you know.
2: (laughs) And to be fair though, and I've got to give you extra uh, praise as well because on the radio yesterday and I did send uh, uh, Sammy a text, she called me a genius. You called him a genius?
3: (laughs) It's so all right, you know. He's kind of good at what he does. You know what I'm saying?
1: So, yes. He Yeah, he messaged me when went, genius. And I went, I know. I heard. It's in the bio now. Paul.
3: Yes.
2: So, Paul yes. the genius. Paul the genius. It's, it's going to stick. It's going to be around forever. So, yes. Uh, my <laughs> ego will not come down now. So, that's fine. Uh, but, yes. So,
1: shall we get the disclaimer out of the way with and kick off? What I believe is going to be quite an epic episode.
2: Well, just before that, because as we know, we always normally do get newcomers. Well, Emma's not technically a newcomer, but to mm. throw her under the bus a little bit, oh. give us your nerdy credentials, Emma. Mm. Tell us what you what you're nerdy about.
3: Oh right, um, this is like an intro. I hate being yeah. on this this thing. Um, I'm <laughs> Emma. I am um nerdy about, as mentioned before, Jurassic Park. I love mm. Jurassic Park. I love dinosaurs. I am nerdy about games. I love smashing a few victory royales in Fortnite. Mm. I play a lot of uh, underwater scuba diving games. Subnautica is <laughs> one of my favourite. And what else just am don't, I nerdy just about? Just don't
2: play Echo Go the Dolphin. It'll give you... Uh, it's, i it's used lovely. to play
3: that back in the day on the sega mega drive don't you worry and it, oh. i think that's probably where it came from
2: the ptsd is real with that game not oh, it, so it? real
3: <laughs> and of course i'm very very nerdy about sherlock which i'm excited to talk about because it's yes. been so long
2: <laughs> well, well, those certainly um it, it has been a minute but i think um we'll get sammy to get a, uh, a disclaimer because sammy's very proud of a disclaimer and this very is the bad. disclaimer that has been on the bbc
1: Yes. <laughs> Thank you to the lovely lady down there who put the whole thing on. I can say this, these words have been heard on the BBC. <laughs> sure. Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord or the comment section where we can have an open discussion. But what we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxic behaviour out of a nerdism.
2: Very well said there. Thank you. So yes. And just to say a big thank you for Emma for coming on and giving us this suggestion as well, because I wanted to do a Sherlock episode for so long. And I know when I was initially talking to Emma about like, getting her on the podcast i was like, okay emma what kind of things come can, can you be nerdy about what kind of things do you enjoy the f- a first suggestion i'm not gonna lie i i shit myself and was like oh no how can i talk about it? she said have you talked about disney's pixar cars <laughs> and, and i was like oh um i like pixar but it's it's not my first choice if you, it's, <laughs> it's if you had made me,
1: what, if you'd have made me watch cars it probably would have been better than making us watch sherlock <laughs>
3: Right, well, not having that, right, first off, <laughs> Cars is a great, great franchise. Cars 1, smash. Cars mm-hmm. 2, don't bother, it's absolutely rubbish. Cars 3, arguably the best one, so go straight there if you want it, but, you know, you've got it. to have the setup on that.
2: And what about an planes? Because there was a spin-off called Planes as well.
3: Wait, I know, don't you <laughs> worry, I'm waiting for tractors, I'm waiting for submarines, I want the whole lot of automobile films have we got the
1: female version of michael goodwill sitting <laughs> in front of us? possibly
2: the, ca- the captain is in the chat as well he'd be happy to hear about cars the amount of times he sends us a message in, have you seen this car i was like it's a car yeah <laughs> michael loves these cars actually, loves these trucks
3: I've, I've just bought some lightning mcqueen crocs really seen? <gasps> I tell you Lee, what, Lee.
2: Well, Lee loves a croc. Lee, Lee, Jake and Chris are the croc kings in the pod, in the podcast chat and stuff. So, if you post that in the group, you will get a lot of likes. Trust us. When um, they come. Yeah, but yes, when they come. <laughs> when they come. Um. And a second sh- suggestion was Sherlock. So I was like, yes, great. Because um, it's strange. I didn't get into Sherlock first first time round. I didn't start watching it till my lovely wife went. Have you seen Sherlock? I was like, no. Cause I'm I'm one of the old school. I love the Arthur Cohen Doyle stories. I love the old um like TV shows, the the feature uh or TV TV length movies they were called, because they weren't mm-hmm. out in the cinema. They were always just like yeah. uh, made for TV, ITV special type things that used to come out. Um and I was like, I don't think it'll work the modern t- telling of Sherlock. And then we basically went through the first season and I was like this is amazing. This is great. And I just, like I say, fell in love with the show and, and the characters from that moment. So what about you guys? When, when did you first get introduced to, to the new... Is this what do you class this? As the new telling of Sherlock or the modern telling of Sherlock? Yeah, the, it's
3: the modern version, is it? I think mm. Um, I, I was a bit of I didn't know I thought Sherlock was a real person you know I didn't know he was a fictional Amazing. character till like mm-hmm. whenever but mm-hmm. um I remember watching it I was like oh you know what I'll give that a go um because I, I had I think like any girl that was I don't know when I what age I was when it first came out but I was young and Benedict Cumberbatch was the sexiest man i had ever seen in my life so I was like you know what I'll give that a watch and watched it as well as you, Paul. Fell in love with the characters, fell in love with the story and it being modern because you always think, oh, Sherlock, oh, it's you know, monocles and posh people (laughs) and you know, like Mm. Victorian Britain, and it's not like that. Like he had a mobile phone, you know, it was London, (laughs) like we know it, like we see it, we've been to it. So when I knew it was going to be like that, I was like, yeah, this is it. And then the first series, just Mm. wow,
2: yes. What about you, Sammy?
3: Well, it was a New Year's special.
1: All right. That's what so it came out on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the lead up to it. And I am a huge um Sherlock fan. So and a huge Benedict Cumberbatch fan. And he was just mm-hmm. and Martin Freeman from The Office. Wow. Love him. But mm-hmm. um I know I've said some whingy things before we came on about it, but <laughs> I genuinely loved this when it came out. Mm-hmm. and it was devastating it was only three episodes did we didn't know if we had to wait another year for it another two years for the next one that's um, the
2: thing though that's why us brits do it better than the americans because the americans mm-hmm. we would have had 24 episodes in one season 17 <laughs> yeah. million seasons and it would have been oversaturated to the point where we we're saying oh kind of just end, please? end. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah but it was a new year's special And Mm. it was like kind of like New Year's Day, waiting to see, are we actually going to get a Sherlock this year? Are we not? (laughs) And then by the time season three came out, I was like, I don't care anymore. Um, Because it was just so, it was so drawn out Mm. to the point of a little bit ridiculous. And I know the writers, Stephen Moffat and um, Mark Gatiss, were very heavy into Doctor Who at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know a lot of time was taken up with that. And then obviously you had Martin Freeman going off to do The Hobbit along with Benedict Cumberbatch going off to do The Hobbit and things got in the way and it was like Sherlock just became like a "oh, we'll get to it when we get to it kind of thing. And in the middle of that, Robert Downey Jr. brings that fucking
3: terrible film out. Awful. (laughs) <laughs> Worst powerful. thing ever! Don't even come at me. You know what I mean. I, I didn't mind that
2: one. I'll be honest. But it's, it's I, I'm I'm one of the strange people that still likes Young Sherlock. That was uh, done by Spielberg back in the day. I wasn't. No, it wasn't Spielberg. It was produced by Spielberg, but it was the. I've got my directed it now. Goodwill will tell us in the chat, but uh, that that panned big style, but it was, um, it came out. Was that, uh,
1: was that around the time they were trying to do like Young Indiana Jones and like young like young down there older characters
2: possibly but it was like a big blockbuster at the time in the 90s i think it came out um Uh-oh. so it was like going to be the, the next big franchise and it didn't do that as well as the thought it was going to do but um i, I still like the robert downey jr one even though what? having robert downey jr as sherlock was an interesting choice but um i still well, think jude, jude law was okay as as watson i do like a bit of jude law but
1: beth's saying worst british
2: accent ever for downey jr
1: i'm sorry he's British accent is actually quite good, um, because he can do a really because his Australian accent is amazing. His English one is just as good, and he's really good in Chaplin as well, where mm-hmm. he does an English accent in that. So, sorry, Beth, I'm going to have to agree to disagree with you on that one.
2: It's alright. You argu- you've started You've started arguments in the chat already. Everyone's saying they're fighting you over it. Saying that they do like. I like, fight
1: this. I'm hard <laughs> as fuck. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. joking. I'm soft as shit. <laughs>
2: So yeah, so you're saying about the episodes. So we had four seasons, three episodes per season, and we had yeah. a, a one TV special. So didn't know
1: they had four seasons.
2: Right. Generally
1: thought there was just three. So got a shock the other day when I went onto BBC i did the player and I was like, four mm-hmm. and a special.
2: Yeah.
3: Did they? You don't <laughs> yeah. mention the special though. It was a bit.
2: It was a. Oh. I, I like what they did. Was with it a it, choice? But um. <laughs> It's where they try to be too clever and I think my not problem with the show because I, I generally am a big fan of the show but they kind of spent um they, they kind of went too hard too early with like Moriarty and like say, the ending of season two it kind mm-hmm. of painted themselves in a the corner it was like how are they going to beat like Sherlock's ultimate four like spoilers yeah. if anyone's ever haven't watched it uh, it's basically season two that wasn't a place for Moriarty. Moriarty would mm-hmm. should have been the build. It should have been the season, the final ever episode or season with Sherlock should have been like the face off with uh, him and Moriarty. Just as it as it is would play out nicely. Where I think after they done season two, I don't know if they had any plans to do more or was kind of like this. This kind of gives us an easy out. If the actors can't come back to do it, then it it leaves yeah. on a cliffhanger. But it also finishes the story but then when they brought it back I was like shit we need to get a big bad and they they kind of never really got the momentum back from that from season 2.
3: see I disagree. Yeah. I think that um like Moriarty was like you he you knew he was coming so he mm-hmm. had to come in sooner. Yeah. And I feel like after spoilers again you know Moriarty's gone or he mm. disappears or whatever happens and mm-hmm. um, you know he's still such a prominent throughout is still like flashback scenes it's still him you know in the final mm. ever episode planning this mm. all ahead and I think it's actually genius and I think every bad guy we got was mm-hmm. better and better and better and Ooh. that for me was like the best
2: right no right interesting though because I know like um, I say the Magnuson bad guy in season 3 phenomenal um, I started off really sinister and really thing, but then become a bit of a damn squid at the end like Yes. I, like say that potential like a man that has the memory and the like to, to to keep the world's secrets or everyone's little dark and like use everyone to play off for leverage as he kept on saying and he was taken out the way he was it, it was kind of like oh that, that to me again but that's why i always liked the sherlock ones because it was always like a chess game i was like trying to outsmart the person but that's, that's the thing he didn't outsmart me just use brute force he just went yeah bullet to the head that takes him out of the game which is like all right it's it's not as delicate it's, as it could have been if it, if it makes sense
1: it's such an easy way out for writers to do that um i with these see with this series i put it on the other day and i was stoked the first episode is some of the best writing mm-hmm. in british television it is absolutely perfect second one's not as bad but you're you coming on the back come off the back of the first one mm-hmm. it's like it's always going to be a bit. So, it's not just going to be quite there yeah. for you. yeah. But the the third one was brilliant. That first, then first three episodes for me hmm. is unreal writing. And then if, you get into the second one.
2: Yeah, but if you talk about the first episode, like say, what was it called? The stu- uh, study in pink. Yes. Um, I like say it was based on uh, a study in scarlet. I yes. see. I've got my notes there, so yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. What a way to start, though, as well, because I wasn't expecting it as coming in because it didn't start with Sherlock. It starts with uh, Dr. Watson. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an interesting choice as well because, you, as you said, you tune tuned into Sherlock. You, you expect to see Sherlock Holmes from the get-go. But it's kind of given Dr. Watson his backstory and his, uh, like, say, initiation into the story and into the world of Sherlock as well. Mm-hmm. And Martin Freeman, like, all the way throughout doesn't hit a bum note at all. Even from season one to season four, he is the emotion. He is the driving factor. He is the one that you care about more than anything. And he's the one that goes for the most. He's the doctor that goes to war and he never really leaves that war. And he's always looking for the war as well. And he's played absolutely perfectly by Martin Freeman. So I've got to give him credit all the way through. I
1: love Martin Freeman in this first episode. The way that he... Like you're right, the war doesn't leave him ever, mm-hmm. and it's evident throughout his PTSD. And it goes so far as to when he's told "Let's go," mm-hmm. and he leaves his stick behind. Mm-hmm. He's in he's in war mode. Martin Freeman in these everything he's he's us really.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: the audience who's just trying to kind of like figure out what the hell is Sherlock talking about.
3: But I because I love the way he questions I think, it. You know, I, you always think you know what would. What would he be doing without Sherlock? And I think Sherlock mm. gives him that lease of life and everything. Mm. And I yeah. think uh, uh, this is really going a bit off topic, right? But um, I, when I watched it, I got so involved with it. I was in with the uh, proper fan people. I, you know, I was proper um, indulge with. Mm-hmm. I've got to have everything, Sherlock, Sherlock, Sherlock. I want to know loopholes. I want to know what everyone. Thinks so you would of have been in that. Uh, uh,
2: what was it called? The uh, the. the... Oh, I've forgotten the episode name where they had the like where the thought Sherlock was dead and they had the little yes, meeting and stuff
3: the... <laughs> I can't remember what it was either but yeah that was basically me mm-hmm. and I what and somebody said right and honestly re-watch it re-watch it as if Sherlock is in love with John yeah and this is actually a whole romance and right. honestly you'll never see it again the same it's well, it's
2: always hinted at all the way through Because they, they always make the same gag They make, keep on making Watson saying, I'm not gay It's like, yeah, sure what, you they, know. Are, they are, <laughs> it's, it's they are
1: It's in the restaurant scene When he's like, so you've got a boyfriend Or a girlfriend And, and he's like I'm very flattered, but I'm I'm very committed to my work Right now <laughs> <laughs> love that scene Just
2: and he's
0: like
2: no. um <laughs> uh, i tell you what because uh, i know we're talking about the start and i the first like the big line that uh watson kind of delivers to us and again i made a note of it because i thought this is the starting point and this is the changing point for the whole like his his life basically when he's sitting with the psychiatrist and she mentions him and he goes nothing happens to me he, he expects to, like to be to live the most ordinary life mm-hmm. and just after he said that sentence his world is changing forever it'll never yeah. be the same because sherlock holmes comes into his life um and their first interaction as well and that's when we get the new style of sherlock as well because it normally like when we've seen sherlock in the past it's like him being clever and explaining everything like over exaggerating and stuff like that but it's like the quick edits the words like pointing out things so it's like like, teaching Mm. the audience how Sherlock is doing his deduction and it's so entertaining and and nothing was done like this before like a lot of people have copied it since um but this was the first time this was kind of like brought in
1: it kind of reminded me of the first time of watching Gilmore Girls and right. if you're a Gilmore Girl fan, you will understand what I mean, because the two main stars talk at each other incredibly fast.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it takes a while for your ears to adjust and get used to the fact that these two talk so quickly at each other. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt watching, re-watching Sherlock again. Mm-hmm. i felt like i had to adjust my ears to be like hold on it's like watching hamilton yeah. hamilton is an incredibly fast musical and your ears take a while to kind of tune in but it was like that with him i was like oh god wait a minute what did you just say then <laughs> um, but then you get used to it and you kind of you you get used to the way
3: that he talks mm-hmm. He's also get um, to the point where like you you want to sort of beat him to it. Yes, like yes. You're working it out. <laughs> and you're like, no, he's doing that. He's doing that. I, I want to. Be, I'm getting there before you. I'm getting it. It becomes and a like,
2: competition, definitely. It like, does. like and I
3: was when I was watching it. I rewatch it and we it and we watched it for ages. Mm. And I was doing um, I was at university doing broadcast media production, so I did. Um, half TV, half radio, and half the TV side of it was learning <laughs> about ang- like what angles are used for what mm. purpose, and you know that ruins watching television and movies for your <laughs> life. Right. Like, you. Like you're like, I know why they've used that angle. I know why they've done that jump cut. You know, like mm. it's it's foreshadowing. This it's so. I was already in that mindset. Right. And then I'm also trying to work it out before Sherlock works it out. And now I go do my my day-to-day things. And you know, like in the first ever episode with them, um, how mm-hmm. the, the woman was couldn't get a phone, in the, yeah. the a charger in the phone, so well, she was an alcoholic because her hands were always shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd do that. I'm trying to get my key in the car. And I'm like, this <laughs> is a beautiful thing am an alcoholic.
2: Who <laughs> I've got a tremor. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much dance and trance that's what it is it's not alcohol <laughs> it's fine um
3: everything i do i'm like oh sure i'll think i'm this person i'm actually left-handed <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what i did love as you said with it being the modern telling how they use the technology more to mm-hmm. update the, like the stories and like the interaction with watson as well um where they changed it from like doing watson's journal or writing the books to the blog i yeah. thought that was just a sheer a, see a piece of brilliant writing and like bringing that element in because that's how it would work to be fair like going on now if if that start now he probably wouldn't be a blog he'd probably be on a youtube channel so like sherlock's yes, youtube true. channel like that would be yeah, like the one technology going a, forward
1: he wouldn't be a blogger he'd be a vlogger <laughs> i like it
2: but yes, and, I, oh, and I did like the name of the website as well, Power of Deduction, that they called it uh, initially. Um, and that's when we first heard the term where Sherlock got excited and said the game is on and then we moved and then on for the investigation. In. Yes.
1: Because that's what the name of that music is that has been stuck in my head all week.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But it's a great song to be stuck in your head all week, <laughs> is it not?
1: <laughs> is it? <laughs>
3: <Really>? <laughs> when,
1: you're, when you're sitting there at night trying to get to sleep and all you can hear is doo-doo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, I feel like I should be going off and doing something right now.
3: <laughs> I do that whenever I'm in London and I'm on the tube. In my head, oh. I'm just like, doo, 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 <laughs> do 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 I am in Sherlock now. <laughs> have
2: you have you walked down Baker Street though as well in London? Because there is a yes. park.
3: So um, um yeah, I was massive fan, and we went to obviously the original 221B on Baker Street, I've got in my purse, wherever mm-hmm. it is, I have a little um business card with right? Sherlock on. And oh I carry God. it around with me all the time, just Aww. in case I need a detective. Um, But also I went to, it's not that far where the BBC Sherlock is um, mm-hmm. actually filmed, because obviously not filmed on there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I've been to Speedies, which isn't actually called Speedies, or is it called Speedies in real life? I feel like it's got something else name but you can go in there and have a sandwich i've all oh, right that. pop a greasy spoon and do- <laughs> i've seen people like come in and out of like i've sat outside like next to mm. the did anyone
2: wear the hat though did anyone wear the sherlock hat no,
3: no, no, <laughs> that's what i was just thinking If, there, if I was there, i'd be playing on it you know what i mean but not only no,
2: no, just the like normal stuff.
1: people <laughs> yeah, Taylor's court and everything yeah getting on with their day and stuff they like Sherlock lives saying get out, you know what I mean? Can I just was, talk about
2: Sherlock's court for one second as well? I was just you about to say,
1: can we talk about the style in this programme?
2: Oh, like, say everything, like, everything from, like, because one of the things I loved about it was how dirty and gritty and, and grimy it made London look. Like, it didn't put paint London in a nice thing, but the outfits and what everyone wore like sherlock's dress sense was phenomenal but the way he put the coat on like who the fuck puts the coat on like that and everywhere i try like you, you like like, 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 it's I like a putting few, a cape it, on
1: yeah i have a few coats like that where i could kind of like twirl it, it yeah you've got to have some grace to do and some <laughs> dignity to be able to do that as well i think um the best dressed throughout the whole thing was um his brother
2: Mark is uh, Mike. My- what? My- Mycroft. Mycroft. Yeah.
1: Mycroft Holmes. Yes, I think he was the absolutely best dressed throughout it. And the yes. only interesting fact I found out about this, the first, it was just the first episode, was mm-hmm. that Benedict Cumberbatch and Mark Marketers both dyed their hair color the same. All right. So they could have, so they could have matching hair. Isn't Aww, that so cute? Sweet. Isn't that so cute? But you're right about London. Mm-hmm. What I feel, how I feel about the aesthetic of it, is that they try to, for all it is a modern day telling of Sherlock, it's still going to have kind of almost a Victorian feel about it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which I actually quite liked. And that, you know, Sherlock did always wear tailored suits, mm-hmm. which is what you would find that would happen in the Victorian like kind of time as well, which I believe was when it's initially set. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So I do like that.
2: One of the points is I want to make as well, because this is where we start getting introduced to the characters and like the people who's like going to be playing parts throughout the show as well. I loved the guy who played Lestat. Uh, oh, I probably said his name wrong now. Um, like, uh, Lestat, sorry. Uh, story oh, um Lestat, Lestat was a uh, different type of book there. Greg. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Greg. Greg. Is,
1: um, he's a combination of two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, from the actual books, I remember that fact.
2: <laughs> but Lest- but Lestrade is always played as a bumbling idiot or very unlikable in like other shows or movies or even the book at times. But I really liked him in this. He was like kind of like a human character, and he kind of got Sherlock, even though the other police officers always used to refer to him as a freak and was oh, yeah, kind of word. kind of worried that Sherlock was going to be the one. Get bored of solving the crimes, and as we got later on, um, the one that's committing the crimes as well. So he's the mm-hmm. one that kind of stuck his neck out and supports Sherlock for it. But I, th- like, I thought like all the way through like the show, he was such a likable character as well, and I can understand why like they, they used him that way because it made more sense.
1: Yeah, I tell you who I absolutely love the scene I love in the first episode when the sit when he's getting the um the. Squad in for a drug bust and you've got anderson in the kitchen <laughs> Look, that guy is amazing <laughs> i wanted more anderson
3: <laughs> no we hate anderson, he and... was Ooh, so
1: anderson. Funny. <laughs> but he was such a great counterpart to sherlock because it was like just proving how clever sherlock is by how dumb anderson was <laughs> i loved it i love that
2: scene so much so before we start going through like like i know because we'll try not make this a six hour episode because it could easily oh, turn into that <laughs> um like the characters in this who was your favorite other than the main two who was your major like favorite so we say a favorite side character because mine was mrs hudson she Luna was just a stops, fucking man. uh she was amazing like Later on in season four, when she's doing the hoovering downstairs and she's listening to Iron Maiden number of the beast while flying about <laughs> doing the hoovering, it was just fucking hilarious. Um, but just like every time she'd come up with something, she'd be like the sweetest person's like, yeah, my ex- ex-husband was a drug dealer. I've got such and such this. Uh, I've caused so much Nothing problems with theater. the police. <laughs> yeah. Nothing
1: faced oh. her at all. Yep. Oh, the great late Una Stubbs. She was an absolute british treasure that voice will be heard for decades to come Mm -hmm. because she had such a unique voice um i really liked and i didn't when i initially watched it Mm -hmm. and that's possibly because i was looking more at the character and not the actress but laura pulver who plays um irene adler right okay absolutely thought she was fantastic second time around oh she is beautiful
2: that is um, one of my favorite episodes of Sherlock as well, just because you see a different side to Sherlock as well. Conflict, so yeah. much conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where like you get the best out of Benedict Cumberbatch. And, and look how easy it is to see his name now. Because remember when this first came out, <laughs> we were, all the different <laughs> pronunciations or ways we were, everyone used to say it. it used to be Cumber Snatch, uh, Bumber, Bumberstack. <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> oh poor benedict no, no one knew how to say it at the start but now everyone since like he's got like mega famous with marvel and stuff everyone marvel can see benedict cumberbatch without even blinking an eye now um but yes arlene adler like what a stellar performance so
1: yeah absolutely and the outfits man the color and like that they mm. just how they dress that woman was just unreal though costume designer in this needs a Big, massive pat on the back because mm-hmm. she looked absolutely phenomenal like i would be so
2: conflicted with that woman mm-hmm. no but we hate
3: her no no we don't <laughs> no. want her oh anyway you can't hit too. you can't
2: hit the woman because arlene adler in the book can, and again and
0: uh,
2: i will <laughs> this is this is me going back to the book. in the book she was an amazing she was just like the female version of holmes but um she was basically just like the biggest con woman ever in the world but so intelligent and it fit the modern time that she was a dominatrix that she would just basically own everyone in that room and i love the first initiation when she said okay i'm gonna wear me battle suit and you're thinking you're going to see her in this uh dominatrix leather pvc like basically like dressing like jesse you're going to expect like it but um mm-hmm. the way she just basically is completely stark naked and it just throws sherlock off and i love how um, to use her measurements as the key combination as well, because again, it is, you, you see that side of Sherlock, and uh, it impresses you that they went to that much detail. But mm-hmm. um, but yes, I loved that only. And Um, mm-hmm. if Just you want, we con-
3: yeah, if you want a powerful woman in Sherlock. You need to look at Molly Hooper. Oh, okay. molly, Hooper. Molly. Yeah. Pooh oh Pooh molly! Molly! Molly is a gal. She is such a team player. She is overlooked all the time, and she is the, one of the most people that is on it. She mm-hmm. has a heart of gold, yeah. and she's so supportive for every one of the characters. Like she yeah. just has a heart, mm-hmm. and I think you know, mm-hmm. Sherlock. I know she she has a mass fascination to Sherlock. Oh, so do we all, but like. Sherlock didn't know how lucky he, no, yeah. I he think was. Oh, yeah. He was quite cool he with her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He kind of played with her a little bit. But how funny is that episode where uh, she brings the new boyfriend round and yeah. Sherlock and I think it was called Tom just eye each other up and they look at each other and the re- like, there's a little bit of things in, oh shit, she's replaced me with this. <laughs> <laughs> is so, this
3: what you really think about me? You know? <laughs> but yes, Holly,
2: uh, Molly was just. Absolutely, Molly big. was the best. Um, and there's so much depth and heartbreak with Molly as well. Like the final episode is season, like season four, when uh, I know I'm jumping all over the place now. Sorry, but I, if because we can't talk about Molly without this scene, because this is the most heartbreaking scene in any of the Sherlock, is when um uh, we've got Una, uh, Una wasn't it Sherlock's Una Stubbs, uh, Sherlock's sister, um uh, mm. basically um. Playing the game, playing like a, a twist of uh, Takeshi's Castle with uh, with Sherlock, going through all these different mazes where you had to complete. <laughs> uh, um, honestly, if you watch it, it's like a Japanese game show when you're watching it when you're going through. And one of the things Sherlock has to do, otherwise Molly's gonna get blown up, is getting Molly to say "I love you" over the phone room, and he's not oh. allowed to tell her why he's asking it or that her life's in danger. And he's like, and you could tell like the heart because she truly does love him and she doesn't understand she thinks he's just messing with him and he's like no i'm trying to save your life here but he Mm -hmm. can't tell her that but that that broke me today when i watched that episode i have to admit I tell was... you, that
3: whole... I know that we were talking about the last episode, but that whole episode was traumatic. Mm-hmm. I remember crying my eyes out the first time. I was watching it with my mother in wherever, mm-hmm. the living room, and she's like, Emma, you crying over this. I'm like, you don't understand. You've not been through <laughs> four series of turmoil. Like, oh, gosh. It was, you sound like honestly... my mother. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it was one of the... I think it was one of the saddest things ever, you know, not just with the heartbreak, you know, mm-hmm. the the choosing between characters that sherlock against the world like we've felt for mm. him and and john all the way through it to be yeah. fair and i think it was one of the hard it's a it's a hard watch but mm. my god it's so good
2: yes and I, I do want to give a big shout out to like say a fellow northeast lad i'm sure he's up from the northeast uh mark gethis um I, I, could, I could be wrong but i'm sure he's from up up here um his performance as Minecraft, like I know he was used as a bit part throughout, but when he was getting more and more screen time, you kind of like understand the chemistry and like his uh, role in that final episode is so again, I've used the word powerful, but it's so emotive because they're um, like Mariotti describes it the best. Like He's always known as the Iceman and um, Sherlock's known as the Virgin. Um, but, <laughs> but um seeing mycroft come out realizing he'd, he'd made a mistake and that he was like trying to get through it and uh, did, doesn't know how to react because he could because he was like one of the tasks is he's give, given a gun he's meant to shoot someone dead and he's like no i can't have blood on my hands type thing he's he's fair enough sending other people to do his dirty work but mm-hmm. him doing the work himself and um, you could see real fear but The scene where Sherlock's got to choose whether to shoot Mycroft or John, and then you see, um, like the performance side, you you think, Oh, is he really being that mean to John, telling them that he's just an insignificant fool and he should be killed off? Um, Mm -hmm. but he's doing it to wind Sherlock up to try and get Sherlock to kill him, and I think because. Seeing that, like, interplay, that you realize how much Mycroft actually loves Sherlock as the little brother Mm -hmm. and the Karen from it. In that, that we see it all the way through. I was gonna say, I got that
1: instant, I got that instantly. um, and you are absolutely right. He's from Sedgefield, County Durham. Mm, yep. Did not know that. Yeah,
2: because the he League fellow... of Gentlemen boys and most of them is from the northeast, eh?
1: Wow, I did not know that. He's a fellow. He's a fellow Does a really yep. good horror documentary on the BBC. It was so good. Um, <laughs> but no, you get that from you get that instantly from episode one. But it's kind of it's not downplayed. It's just the way Mark Gatiss plays Mycroft is that. He doesn't know how else to be protective of Sherlock other than use the power and influence that he has. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I got from the first episode, especially when he's wanting John to spy on him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
1: instantly, I love the woman who's in the car with John. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely love her. Where he's like, um, would you not tell your boss where we're going? Okay.
2: One thing I will say about like uh this show as well, and I an know. All- it, it's sad that we're talking about it at this day and age as well is how they use women in this show is so powerful mm, like yeah. nobody's ever a damsel in distress no one's ever like no. oh look down upon or downtrodden or anything everyone has the role and so yeah. many powerful strong women like uh the strongest of them all mary uh, watson is absolutely breathtaking and i found out the other uh, today that i didn't realize that her was and Martin ex-wife. Freeman were actually married during this and yeah, split up during his, this his, as well.
1: Yeah, it's his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Um the, the best part about it is they don't use a female mm-hmm. to progress Sherlock further. They no. don't need to use and I love that about any show where they don't need to have a female be and you're right, be the damsel in distress.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Don't need it.
2: No, to, um, because, but because yeah, that's what John's they were, they were
0: for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Exactly. You're
3: right. <laughs> I think, but going back to the point of um, Mycroft, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he. I, I really. I didn't know what to think of him because mm-hmm. I didn't know if he was out for Sherlock, if he wanted to protect him, what the crack really was, and it was a bit muddled up. But yeah. the, when I think I realised, you no, know, no, he's a good guy. We, we like him. Is that scene where they go to um, Sherlock's parents' house? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that Sherlock's parents are actually Benedict, actually, Cumberbatch's, Benedict Cumberbatch's parents. parents. Yes. <laughs>
1: very, the... very famous act, uh, actress and actress. Actress. And yeah. actress. Oh, I did
2: not and... know that. No, that's yes. new for me. Yes. yes. <laughs> there you go. Incredibly, and...
1: acr- incredibly famous in the theatre world is Benedict Cumberbatch's parents. Looking, not...
3: looking exactly the same of them. They look, like, yeah, they they're do. They're spitting <laughs> <laughs> that. They, it's when Sherlock puts something in their tea and all the characters sort of fall asleep. And then there's uh, Mycroft, well, no. Before Mycroft and Sherlock having a cigarette outside the house, and they're like, "Oh, well, we can't, tell your mom and dad?" <laughs> and that was when I was like, "You know what? These two are actually brothers." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. th- this at this point, you know, it's all the all what going on, the, the mm. mind games, whatever happens. No, you know, these are actually family here, yeah. and that's the real point where I was like, "You know, no, he's a good guy." We like. Yeah. like
1: <laughs> Get, get them up. away. Get them away from a city and into where their parents are. Brings out the actual yeah. brother side of them because Minecraft is too overprotective
2: i think it took a while for him to feel the roll out for mycroft as well because at the start it was very league of gentlemen vibes it was very much like uh hillary <laughs> the butcher like uh, <laughs> <laughs> well it
1: is when you're looking at the picture that i'm looking at now and he's staring right at us and i'm like hello <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to eat some special meat <laughs>
2: but yeah um i actually yeah, i Um, anything like say the the guys from the League of Gentlemen do, I'm always going to watch. Like Inside Number Nine is is some of the best like work that like the guys did as well. But Mark Gatiss, um, I know when he's writing something and he gets his teeth into it, Mm -hmm. it's it's always like a passion project or something that it's entertaining now. And he doesn't do that much writing now because he gets to pick and choose the stuff so um when you go back to like the the episodes that he wrote i can't remember like i haven't got a list of them but there was specific ones he wrote they were always like the stronger type of episodes are the ones where sherlock kind of had the more interesting journeys and stuff but yeah going back to the first episode as well because this was kind of the benchmark um like setting the tone for what we were going to get because this could have been very cartoony could have been um very light but how sinister was the bad guy in this one like the taxi the, the cab oh, driver the
1: taxi driver he looks like my uh, brother-in-law <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
1: uh, it was the glasses
2: <laughs> no I, I, you don't actually ever find out his name as well he's just called the cab no, driver he's just taxi. but he's yeah. played by phil davis um like he's done loads of different uh, like cop shows or he's always like a bad guy he was in, i think he was in luther as well but was he? um i'm sure of it um but how sinister and that as you said because that's the introduction we get to the style of kind of criminals we're going to get through this as well it's not going to be the old bank robbers or the uh, like a bludgeoning someone or beating someone up. yeah it was, it was the mind games the clever like trying to work out like the detective work that again yeah. that's what sherlock does what does best is when you when emma said the start when you're trying to play along with sherlock to work everything out and this what this episode was so clever i i couldn't fathom them out i i didn't get it until like say the cat the taxi driver was outside picking up sherlock But question did hmm. sherlock pick the right one up we don't know we never know mm, that was really annoying
0: <laughs>
1: <Or> it,
2: could <laughs> be a prin- it could be that a princess bride situation where the taxi driver's Taken so much of the stuff in the past that he's got an intolerance. So either tablet was going to kill him, mm. <laughs> and he would be fine. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I I like unexpected, mm-hmm. um, unexpected people. Mm-hmm. And he was a very unexpected person. And when he walks up them stairs, and you don't see him, like the vision mm-hmm. is quite blurred, but you can see him coming up the stairs mm-hmm. to tell him that the his his taxi is waiting outside. Mm-hmm. I'm not. That is some horror shit right there. Mm-hmm. That is quite spooky and terrifying. The way he just comes up behind um, Una Subs's character mm-hmm. is terrifying. And then he's just standing there with his flat cap on. Yep. <laughs> no
0: unopposing, are, and that's you, the thing.
1: Unopposing, mm-hmm. not scary at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not, not, not not, scary, unexplained. Like, oh, I
2: love it. I love that. And the conversation between him and Sherlock when they're just looking at each other in the eye and it's like battle of the minds. And again, that's where the analogy to chess came in. It's like, who's going to move first? And... Mm-hmm. This is the first point as well. We get Sherlock impressed with Watson because mm. he, he's kind of dismissive mm. of Watson all the way through. He's just like showing Bloody off to him.
3: He first falls in love with them. Yes, it says he falls in love with them. Is when
2: he's explaining to the police officer that, oh no, it's an expert marksman, uh, very uh, professional, couldn't mm-hmm. be anyone on the street to hit that shot. It's like a one in a million shot. And, you, and he looks over and he looks at Watson kind of and looking shifty like, and he's like shit he's like, <laughs> shit. He's like oh it's like oh great it starts everything starts to come together and then he like smiles at watson and says all right then um uh, must have been a good shot and he's like yeah the person who did that must have been quite like professional and he's like yeah yeah and that's where as emma said the love affair kind of like the the love blossomed uh, and it become reciprocal rather than one way <laughs>
1: question emma were you part of the fan fiction of the internet who were putting these two together.
3: <laughs> I'm not saying anything about no, that. But I, I never shipped two men as much as I've shipped them to in my life.
1: <laughs> I've never really thought of it, to be honest. I always thought that Sherlock was kind of like asexual. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. Yeah. If he if he was in love with love with a person, didn't matter if it was male or female, there was no no label on him in that respect.
2: I think but... he respects intelligent or like if you've got something about yourself. Um, oh, but he... that mouth, scrooge. <laughs> 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 terrible.
3: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's
2: not, it's not one of these p- things where he'll be impressed with like how much money you've got or no uh, how what you've got if if you've can battle wits with them or yeah. um cause him a distraction or cause him a problem he would probably be like be it that it was a bit inter- of the arrogance as well though
3: yes he's so yeah. ar- some arrogant
2: i, I did blow. put in my notes he as well when sherlock is bored he's a right twat
3: he's a horrible, he was horrible. <laughs>
1: he's horrible, horrible in that the christmas episode not christmas episode but christmas time yeah where they're all in they're all in the oh, house poor molly. and molly and Molly comes up and he is so mean. That's not that that he is just being an absolute dickhead in that scene. He's no, a mean I, he person.
3: He doesn't understand social cues. He doesn't understand like why people have feelings. What are feelings? You know what I mean? It's a it's a what did he say? It's a human it's a error. Human, you can't have yeah. fear. You can't have love. Like that's no. just brings you down. Yeah. So the fact that he actually did have love and it yeah. was with his partner in crime, I think. Mm. That was the, the such a thrill. It was but, such
2: a thrill. <laughs> it always hints at it, though, as well, because I know um the episode after the wedding where it's like Sherlock's got his girlfriend and uh, she's an amazing character as well, just to say that. Like, I absolutely adored her. And just his... So easy to interact and pretend was terrifying, and but seeing John's kind of almost like shock but jealousy at the same time was just hilarious <laughs> to watch. um But I'm just laughing about the chat because the basically the chat saying yeah. about uh Emma writing Sherlock X-rated fan fan fiction now, so, th- so they're starting that rumor. <laughs> well, that is what I was that. hinting at. I just
1: didn't want to see it. You'll I do just
3: want pads. <laughs> I'm
1: just gonna go. I'm just gonna go back a couple of spaces from in the chat. To, to congratulate Sarah Peach on the best name for Benedict Cumberbatch hmm. is Bendy Dick Cumberpatch. Oh, well. <laughs> that has to be. And Joe's Buttercup Crinkle Cut is right. probably another favourite of mine. I had to point that out. Very well done.
2: <laughs> but yes. Um, what did I say? I can't remember now. Uh but... <laughs> But yeah, like, say all the different characters. Like, that one was uh, a great one. And going back to the woman episode, like, everything was made to kind of disarm Sherlock. And this is where you start questioning whether, um, like, Sherlock would break or if we were going to see, like, that human side of him. And you kind of feel sorry for him. A lot, cause he 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 is manipulated by literally everyone in this episode, like from his brother, from Moriarty, from uh, even John at times, and like and especially like uh, Arlene and uh, Adler. Sorry, um, mm-hmm. like everyone's kind of like pulling them in different directions, and that turn at the end, and again the whole idea about Coventry, about uh sending uh, a plane with dead people on for for them to feel like the bomb was going to be successful, again. It's probably that's probably happened in real life though. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Um, but to see Sherlock then turn it on its head, and because uh, the whole episode is he's trying to break into her phone, and that's her security, and she thinks she's got him hooked, line and sink, sinker, gonna have everything that she's ever wanted. She's protected for life, and he just types in Sherlock, um, and it opens up, and seeing like the flip from him going. Oh, I've been such a fool. And again, the flashbacks for it is where he realizes that she's got feelings for him by taking a fucking pulse. How fucking amazing was that though?
3: The eyes dilated. Yes. Everything. You know? <laughs> How like who thinks of stuff like that? Like that and that goes back to, you know, he, he he's a detective, but he's like a a scientist who has heads in the fridge—that sort of thing. He, yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing, you know. He knew what he was playing.
2: Heads in the fridge. We had all sorts in the, fridge, in, in the fridge, though. Like, say, <laughs> po- poor Mrs. Hudson. Every time she went in the fridge, she would freak out. What? What we would uh, say.
1: You think you'd just get used to it? Just yeah, it's just Sherlock.
2: <laughs> and I know we did have a little bit of a talk about this at the start, um, because basically from episode one, the name Moriarty came up. And then mm. we got more Moriarty throughout this as well. Did we get too much Moriarty? And again, because he is a shadowy figure, I would have liked to, to to be lingering a little bit longer. For me, again, I think it's one of those things where they pushed the boat out too early. and, and It's either the, they didn't think they were going to get too many episodes or too many shows, and they went, right, we're going to go... It's I, I or it could be other thing. Go big or go home type thing.
3: I think yeah. I think it was a bit of like Moriarty is one of the most amazing villains in English literature yeah. since it was written. You know, yeah. like we knew who he was gonna come in. Mm-hmm. We know the crack. Like so, make him good, and mm-hmm. you know, you. I don't want to say you'd get bored of him because I don't think mm-hmm. you would because he's so clever. Mm-hmm. But as I said, we got we got. More, we got more villains, and any he, mm-hmm. he was still the mastermind behind it. He planned this. Yes. So he planned that this was going to happen years and years after he'd gone. Mm-hmm. So like he was always still there. It was always Moriarty. It was always mm-hmm. if anything went wrong, you thought, no, he's back. How was mm-hmm. he back? Yeah. You didn't mm-hmm. think, oh, it's going to be an, another guy. You thought Moriarty's back. So uh- even mm-hmm. though he was gone, he was never gone.
2: Yeah. And talking about the like, say the guy who played Moriarty, like, um, Andrew, Scott. like Andrew Scott's performance, oh. that that was something I wasn't expecting or didn't really think was I would have seen because he's always played as a like a prim proper, um, like like could fit I in remember, society and everything. I
3: remember he played it. It was either in it was like Skyfall or one of the James Bonds, like mm-hmm. the Daniel Craig James Bond, and he played like. I think he was a bad guy. But mm-hmm. basically, some I was like, as soon as I was in the cinema, I was like, oh, it's Moriarty. He's in a suit. <laughs> he had everything. I was like, he's going to come out and kill everyone. And somebody asked him in the in the, um, in the the film, was like... <clears throat> so he was like, is this guy dangerous? I was like, he's the most dangerous <laughs> man you've ever met. <laughs> I was like, I can't see him. Anytime I see him on the telly, I'm like, no. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to come out. The screen's going to freeze. It's going to go, did you miss me? Did you miss me? Like... <laughs> Watch
1: Pride. <laughs>
0: br-
1: watch Pride. He's watch Pride because it's a complete. If you if that's what when you look at Andrew Scott and that's what you think, watch mm-hmm. Pride because okay. he is he is the complete polar opposite. Um, he is an absolute sweetheart mm-hmm. in that movie. Um, but Andrew Scott is phenomenal. Yeah, I I love the tidbits through mm-hmm. episode one and two where Moriarty's name just comes up and it just becomes mm-hmm. kind of like a question mark then a slight bit of interest but then fully fledged into the episode three Mm -hmm. with the reveal of Moriarty now don't get us wrong I loved how they did it that Mm -hmm. he was very he was under Sherlock's nose straight away yeah um but I would like (laughs) very very gay Jim yeah (laughs) he played that very well um but I just I wish the kind of fleshed it out a little bit, mm-hmm. kind of had a bit more of a build-up, yeah. because it was so good how they did it, that mm-hmm. it just felt a bit, and I'm not saying it was rushed, no. just a bit too fast-paced to yeah. get to the end part, and the end is fantastic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: especially when he, he he reveals everything, walks away like he's gone, and then comes out, no, nope, I'm not finished yet. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just wish they made it a bit more lengthier But you're yeah. right; they might not have. They might have thought, especially with the time, like like I mentioned at the beginning, Stephen Moffat was very heavy into mm. um, Doctor Who and trying his hardest I don't to know why nobody watches
2: Doctor Who. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not getting into a Doctor Who debate. Not tonight. No chat. Ignore he said that. Um... <laughs> but no, I, I maybe what he was thinking. I have to get this character out now. Maybe people might lose interest. Maybe people might they might not like the pacing of it. I
2: don't know. I, I, but the performance-wise, it was larger in life. It was entertaining as as hell. Like his like 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 almost sword fighting with Sherlock over words and like trying to trying to prove who's smarter and who's more cleverer. I loved the interaction. And again, I wouldn't have been sad if we got that see at season two, like at the end, mm. and like they prolonged mm-hmm. it a little bit more, but um. Yeah, the swim pool scene say it was absolutely amazing. Like that uh, Dr. Watson coming out and you're almost getting to, like a split second, you think. Are they oh. saying Watson is Mariotti? Even though it's not you know a possibility. You know he's not. Yeah, uh-huh. but it's kind of like played it down and it's like, are they actually going to do that? They, um, but yeah, it completely throws you. In. But yeah. Ah, I, I, he was I, always
3: the third wheel though, yeah. he? He was always <laughs> the third wheel. He was a good
1: third
2: wheel though. Always
3: the bridesmaid, <laughs> never the bride. You True. know, that sort of thing.
2: <laughs> um, but one, one of the questions I was going to ask, and again, this goes back to Emma saying that she liked to work stuff out. Did you work out how the guy died when the backfiring car initially?
3: No, of course, nobody did. (laughs) Nobody did. Don't pretend you you did because you didn't. It was was actually
2: impossible, (laughs) to be fair. But it was just so clever. Like, everyone thinks it's a murder. Everyone's like going to murder and they don't even because normally with these type of things they'll give you enough to try and work it out but did they fuck give you enough to work that out nobody in a million years would have said a boomerang was going to be the one taking him out because he'd just come back from traveling the world and he was testing out his new thing and of course such a clever idea a backfiring cob exploding at the wrong time as he threw uh, the boomerang and so he turned around didn't see it and it's killed him by hitting him in the back of the head fucking brilliant
3: wouldn't
2: see that coming. Not no. even Sherlock <laughs> sure. seen it coming, you know. <laughs> Definitely not. Um. So yes, uh, like I said, we got the end of season two. Um, uh, not so season one, and it was left mm-hmm. on the cliffhanger with like they were in the pool, and they came back in and says, "Oh, uh, maybe it is time to die." Um, and this is the first time we got the like the two. Well, at the start of season, uh, the first episode, we got the the name of Sherlock was the consulting detective, and then we got moriarty's title the consulting criminal and that Mm -hmm. idea where he's not actually the one committing the crimes it's where the criminals are going to him for ideas and for what to do and i I thought Mm -hmm. yes that's what someone in moriarty's place or like time in this world would be doing and probably there is consulting criminals out there just need to get in touch with them to get things done i guess
1: (laughs) There's gotta be though. There's gotta be like. I bet you there is in the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> some hard knots about. You never know. I
3: was in this chat, you know. Um, no, <laughs> you... Michael's in there. <laughs> but I think he was such a um a character. You know, mm-hmm. in the same sort of sense, he was sort of like um Mycroft. You know, he had everything. He had everything wrapped up. He mm-hmm. had the glitz. He had the glam. You know, Westwood. Everything was just so yeah. um. Prim and proper, you know, but that scene where we've seen him, um, it's um, the with the diamond in the wedding, yes, coin, yeah, the crown jewels, yeah, and like you just thought, like, oh, the flamboyance, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, come and get me, come yeah. on, mm-hmm. come on, you, you can't take me, and it was mm-hmm. like, again the arrogance that made it so like, oh, I think, like, I think the music the, used
2: as well, like, all the way throughout, mm. like, there's like a lot of the Sherlock you hear the sherlock music but then the other like soundtracks they use as i mentioned before using like number of the beast at different times there was a mm-hmm. queen queen song at certain times like the mu- soundtrack was actually really good for a bbc uh, not saying bbc's bad not saying that <laughs> 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 just, sing, just remember who you have on <laughs> but um for a bbc like uh sure let, let's be honest that sometimes they don't always use the music as well as they can do and this is one of the shows where they kind of didn't over-egg it and used it in the right moments. And um, but yeah, that's shown off. scene with Jim uh, breaking into the ta- uh, the the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. So well done and so entertaining to watch as well. And because again, you think it's been overly clever or there's a secret trick to it. And I love the explanation when they've got Sherlock and Moriarty on the rooftop and Mariotti's like no you want it to be too clever it's just simple i paid everyone off (laughs) it's like there's no secret code there's no um interesting story behind it i just i'm a dick i paid everyone off i can do what i want um and how did you get get away with uh murder of course it it was basically it got to the the jury as well and that was well done and uh cleverly done as well but yeah it's sometimes because Sherlock wants everything to be over elaborate and over clever and for him to be stimulated. And Moriarty was kinda of like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. It can be that this 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 is what humans are like. Um but But he's not no. human.
3: None of them were human. You no. know, they were superhuman. <laughs>
2: yes. No. But not super powered human though. That's the thing. It was more super intelligence, no. that was the thing. Like like every single person like in this show uh had like some kind of backstory or some kind of like super intelligence and stuff like that um but as as sammy said when you when this uh, when the end of season two happened we did have a long delay so we didn't know what was going on and that's when the fan theory started everyone was kind of working out and the must the people who wrote the show i made the show must have realized like this was going on and they kind of played on it for when season three did happen because it starts off where it's you're getting like basically the people that, like uh, ran by Anderson, which hilariously they do is going Anderson through all the all the different game. fan theories of how Sherlock basically didn't die. But on that's that what day.
3: happened in like real life. When, it did. You know, he like the killed Sherlock off, and they were like, "No, this is the best thing since ice bread. Bring him back, please!" And they rioted in the streets, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that. Will he come back? Will he not come back? This can't be the end. No, it can't. Be. Don't be silly. This isn't the end. And it wasn't the end, you
0: know. No,
1: and it oh, was that God.
3: thrill.
1: Yeah, I remember. I do remember that. Um, I remember us all congregating at my parents' house to watch this, to mm-hmm. watch how the how Sherlock comes back to life, mm-hmm. and the fact that that episode opens with Anderson's bloody conspiracy theories is some of the funniest shit that's ever been written.
2: <laughs> but I tell you what, I did love though, because I do think this would have been a genuine reaction or genuine performance. Is um the interaction between Sherlock and Watson where he's the, Sherlock expects Watson to be all like, "Yes, you're back. I'm so happy." No. Um, and she's she... like, "You bitch. Yes, mm-hmm. you
3: bitch. How could you do that to me? I grieve for you. I was in love with you. You know oh that God. sort of thing."
2: <laughs> as, as Emma writes more fan fiction as we go, um,
1: I've got a feeling Emma's going to take. I'm out just reading more. my old stuff here, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but hilarious to that scene as well because they start off in a really posh restaurant they get thrown out because john attacks them. then they end up in a like a little calf they get thrown out because john attacks them. then they're in a little chippy and all you see is john headbutt like i don't know how they've done the scene because it looks like the most realistic headbutt i've seen in a in a tv show or a movie I'm, i'm sure there was a connection made at some point there as well um and then you come back to them standing outside, and Sherlock's got a bloody nose, a bust lip, and it's like he's like it's it's almost like he's in shock that he's like he's getting this reaction now. He's like he's calling mm. John a drama queen, um, and this is our first interrupt inter- interaction into Mary as well, who mm. again just steals the show when she comes on. It kind of lights up. I absolutely adore Mary when she's in this as well, and her little uh, like say rep-, rep with Sherlock is entertained as well. And how she just turns around and goes, mm, I like him, and you know that's because mm. that's again a flipping of the script because in the books and in the other iterations, Mary always hated Sherlock. Oh, like they never got on because like because she was always seen as like the other woman, uh, like the other... <laughs> well, yeah in yeah. Emma's world too. <laughs> but that, that was... <laughs> but she never could share Sherlock with with uh, with John, so she can never get over that in the stories where. this to kind of find that little common ground and i loved her little backstory and how her story kind of ran through um this like the the episodes as well how she was like an assassin and how that played out i don't know how you felt about mary
3: I um I hated Mary because she was taking John away from Sherlock <laughs> but um no I loved her at the same time because like she we already know she was a great character like she mm-hmm. was going to smash whatever she went in and she was again as he said a strong woman mm-hmm. that got shit done yeah, and right. didn't like she was one of them you know she was one of them people that wanted drama she wanted yes have all that and mm. she wasn't ready to give it up even mm. when she was pregnant you know what i mean yeah. and wasn't, and like she'd spoil there um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry if to you haven't fair seen though, it, now if, haven't people, seen if
2: it they, now if you haven't seen it now why are you watching us watch watch oh. Sherlock i first then what they'll watch us afterwards for yeah, you. um You'll
3: definitely come back for us <laughs> she was fantastic and again like there were her boys and that big mm. like it, the, the final scene with uh her reading after she died, you know, reading mm. like my my Baker Street boys. Like yeah. she oh. knew when she got in that relationship, yeah. Although she didn't know Sherlock was a thing, mm-hmm. like it was still alive. But yeah. um she knew it was a it was sort of an open relationship, you know? It was like, I've got a date, I'm I'm with John, but mm. really I've got a babysitting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's saying, why it's... when he when he announces at the wedding to them that she's pregnant and, and does it in the most Sherlock way possible. And it's like and again you're thinking oh you're such an arsehole why have you done this but then he <laughs> brings it around with a little bit of charm saying well you're going to be great parents because you've had practice and they're like look at him again practice when yeah. it's good like, yeah you've looked after me and it's like oh you are the biggest baby in the world no one's going to ever be a, a, a worse pin in the arse than you
1: it, we've seen this relationship play out before in television. Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory. It's yes. Penny, Penny, Leonard, babysitting <laughs> Sheldon. It's 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 no different than that. I didn't mind Mary. Mm-hmm. I just I, there's something about a face, mm. and it's the actress herself.
2: Right. And I knew it
1: because
0: <laughs> she
1: broke Martin Freeman's heart.
2: Right. <laughs> so I was like, True. I
1: was like, I don't think I don't think I can like you. Right. I want to like you because, as from a female perspective, mm-hmm. you are. Everything, but you're also a bitch at the same time. Yeah, but as strongest
2: bro, uh, uh, when she comes in, the strongest episode for Mary, in my opinion, is the wedding. The wedding is mm.
3: the wedding is one of my favorite episodes of all time.
2: It's comedy gold when it shouldn't be it's again one of the clever ones where you're trying to work out who the who done it and there's again if anyone said they worked out you're a fucking liar because it doesn't give you any any type of hints or any type of uh the only type of hint you got is where the guy's taking photographs and you think oh so that must be the photographer in the wind no you didn't get that so no i'm sorry if anyone says that (laughs) but yeah it's just comedy gold, like it's hilarity to see Sherlock reacting in an everyday situation which should be normal, and he can't do it. And yeah. And the bridesmaid who t- attaches herself to him, and he's got. Oh, I'm going to stick with you because he's, he's busy, always one. He's he's picking everyone apart, saying no, don't, he's 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 going to go home alone. He's uh, going to cheat on you. You don't want to do it, like I say. He's not the right guy for you. So she's she's basically using. Uh, Sherlock as a shit guy detector, which is just fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But then you get the whole speech, and the speech is just so Sherlock thing, and and we find out as well that Sherlock gets uh, nerves because he's terrified about giving the speech, and the the whole Mm -hmm. like build up to the wedding as well, like all that is just so comedy, like it's almost slapstick.
3: it. I've just remembered the best scene of British television ever when they went on the stag do, like <laughs> so clever. Like of them both getting mortal, like him getting the beer out <laughs> and everything. It was so clever, and it was so like it was like nine o'clock or something when they got. Um, no, I was just that, great. I was
2: watching it with my wife, and like, let's let's be honest, my wife likes a bottle of wine. Um, she went. <laughs> Don't we all? She's like. They've only been out for two hours. How are they that mortal? The idiots. I was like, <laughs> I was good. They might not drink. I was good. No, but they're adults. They shouldn't be getting pissed after two hours. I was like. It's a TV show. Let I've it never go. Been a bottomless Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like they're just getting normal pints as well. Like Sherlock's is getting exact measurements, like in in, in science beakers and timing <laughs> how long he goes to the toilet. Saying, uh, "How long do how, how long was your uh, was your piss basically?" So I can measure how much alcohol intake you can handle to get you more. It was like. But then I think John realised what he was doing, so he starts switching the drinks around, and then we get drunk Sherlock who's who's starting fights with rowdy uh, Chavez in London, which is just hilarious.
3: Trying to solve crimes, <laughs> and he's just like absolutely blotted, like, <laughs> <all he laughs> <even doing. laughs> like, that's, that's what we should have got more of, is Sherlock yeah. in real life situations like at a Christian at a, like an 18th birthday party at your granny's mm-hmm. bloody whatever you know what I mean like yeah imagine him mm-hmm. like introducing him to your parents god <laughs> almighty that would have been the hardest thing in the world we needed more sort of that
2: yes oh we still could get it though because they've said they've not they've not put a full stop to the end no. of yeah, the show
3: also Benedict did say that he would never grow his hair out ever again because he hated having that hair and I was just like <laughs> What oh. was wrong with his hair? His hair was beautiful, but he said he hated the hair.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But the hair was dark.
1: I mean, it's not much different to how it normally is anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit longer. He I know hated he did the have hair. He had, <laughs> I just found it funny, the fact that he had to dye his hair. And I was like, <laughs> does not he have dark hair to start with? <laughs> like I, was, I don't get was, that. I
2: think it was like the reddish tint that they, they wanted to get through as well. Um mm. but yeah. <laughs> just that, that <laughs> no anyway. whole... no, i'm just laughing at the wedding scene though because um <laughs> i i've just had a flashback of him on the phone to mycroft homes and trying to talk him into coming to the wedding just so that he's got support and mycroft's yeah. like fuck no i don't like people i'm not going anywhere and he's like you can get a helicopter and you can still make it he's like no i don't think anyone no. wants me there
1: <laughs> yeah the chat's the chat's putting sherlock in some some great. Scenarios here: Sherlock tries to buy a kebab, pissed. <laughs> um, well, put. Michael's still coming up with Benedict Cumberbatch names. Sherlock eats a palm oil. Right. <laughs> Sherlock, Sherlock throws a pickle in uh, in Burger King <laughs>
2: <laughs> on the window to see it slide down the side sa- to window to see who who wins the, the race.
1: i imagine Sherlock in Middlesbrough. <laughs> oh God.
2: <laughs> There's too many crimes in Middlesbrough. There's too many crimes in Middlesbrough. No. <laughs> There's too many things to go he'll, wrong he'll, in there. You'll
3: be kept busy, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll be in the in the bus and all sort, man. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> but then um well done chat. <laughs> but like I said, with the third season as well? We get the we're, like say we've went past the Mariarty stage. We're now in the Magnuson. Uh Magnuson. Oh, uh, yes, let's say it's apart.
1: um oh, it's a it's a Mickelson, isn't it?
2: Uh, Mikkelson. Lars Mikkelsen, yes, It's Lars. It is
1: thrown himself.
2: Mm-hmm. So that is terrifying. <laughs> and as as, as we, uh, me and Emma had a discussion. She, you thought that m- this one was a it was a good bad guy, then?
3: I thought, um, obviously, then we had so Moriarty's out the picture. So then mm. we had to have something that was because we couldn't just have a carbon copy of Moriarty. You know what I mean? We couldn't mm-hmm. have that. Mm. But no. I think Magnuson had that as he said, you know, he's a, he's a shark in an aquarium. There's, he's dead behind the eyes and that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think that's what really stood out for me that mm-hmm. he had all this power again but yeah. he was just, hmm, he wasn't flamboyant. He wasn't, oh, look at me showing off. He was like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to use this power yeah. in, a, in a different way, you know. So, mm-hmm. I think Magnuson was a great, a great bad guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the way he got offed,
1: was a bit yeah. shit, you know. I can't remember how we got off. Did I? Because there is a stage, there is a point in Sherlock where I lost interest.
2: Well, this season, it's maybe it
1: where... might have been here.
2: Well, this is the season where, like Sherlock, kind of gets outsmarted at, in, at times because yeah. every time he tries to think he's got Ma- uh, magazine like in the place, um, he hasn't quite worked it out. And he, or he hasn't got right. the full picture because he thinks he's using like some kind of technology or his glasses are giving him the information, but it's not. He's just using the mind palace because, like, it was hinted at all the way through that, like, these intelligent people use mind palaces to store information. And Magnusson had the ultimate mind palace where he had the library and like everything information on the everyone, vaults, wasn't it? Yes,
3: the, the thingy vaults, and they, where are the vaults, where are the vaults? Mm-hmm. Well, they were in his mind, and yeah. that was again. Sherlock getting played by the same person, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? All these enemies are just him Mm -hmm. in a different format, so I think that was really clever, and it was the first time we have seen sort of Sherlock going into his mind palace, him going into his
2: vaults, you know, Mm -hmm. we've seen that Mm
3: visualisation, you know? Mm.
2: Because I talked about it, but yeah, but this is the time he actually visualised and seen what it would have liked to go through, and there was two scenes throughout this, uh, well, two parts throughout this uh, season that... Made us feel ick ick to the stomach. The one where Magnuson licks the the woman's face, right? It's like, like, nice. I know it's a power trip and stuff. I was like, oh, it just made everything crawl. Like thing, like and i knock on door and licking people. Even though I try to get everyone to lick Goodwill, I'm not don't lick a Goodwill. Goodwill doesn't need to be licked anymore. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then when Chris he... on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> and and then um, he pisses in Sherlock's uh, fire like just just to, why because he, he thinks the apartments beneath him and sherlock's been uh getting back into old habits shall we say he's, he's become a druggie again to try and uh try and be understated or not looked yeah. at as a threat Um, to try and give magnuson all these different things that he could use against him but it's just like right. almost like smoke and mirrors um so he walks in and he thinks he's walking into a drug den and he's and he asked a question he says Is the toilets any the same as uh as throughout and he's like yeah it's 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 pretty pretty much just a shit toilet so he, so he just basically walks over and pisses in the fireplace it's like a complete power trip to try and say oh i'm basically better than sherlock or i'm like you're nothing to me and stuff you saw so beneath me but it was just an interesting choices throughout where you think oh this could go sinister or could go dark mm-hmm. but then on when we got the season finale it was kind of done with kid gloves if that makes sense it didn't really have like mm. it was kind of like all done quite neatly it wasn't done with like a punch or like a, like a shocking type of moment it was just like how do you take out the big bad with the big brain you shoot him in the head well, I that mean, was sort of my cough getting
3: his, getting his oar in as well, because he, as I said, he doesn't have blood on his hands and he had to protect mm. his brother and all that. And he was in the helicopter going, don't you? <laughs> He'll sort, I'll sort it, bro, I'll sort it. And didn't sort it, <laughs> bang, you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> but this is the first time we come into, uh, like say, almost end game type of thing for Holmes, because we first have the, uh, the word red beard. Don't even
3: mention that. He didn't even give us a warning there. Come on. <laughs>
1: oh, come on, explain
3: that. So, <laughs> so Redbeard, yeah. Yes. Redbeard was the, the time. I, it, was, it was Sherlock's dog. It was Sherlock's dog that he loved oh. at home. Mm-hmm. And he, he, and this dog disappeared or died or something happened to this dog. But Sherlock could never remember mm-hmm. what happened. Um, Big spoiler that mm-hmm. Sherlock... um, uh, Redbeard was never a... a Dog. It was his best
2: friend,
3: Victor, and uh, yeah, and they always played pirates when they were younger. And he, he was called Redbeard, so that's how he knew it was Redbeard. And um, Mycroft tried to eliminate that from his mind, mm-hmm. but I think that is also here we go again with the the ship in here. Right, it's got a bit of John in there as well. Like it was his, that was his best friend, and he mm-hmm. needed to protect him, and he disappeared. Yeah. where we have that foreshadowing again that he needed to protect somebody, mm-hmm. and he didn't really know. Yeah. Um. And I think that that the final episode was like Mm -hmm. the the hardest thing ever because you just wanted everyone to be okay. Yeah. You know, and you Uh didn't. You you learned that this this Sherlock went through this trauma and he didn't Mm. even know.
2: Yeah. It was it was it was such an interesting way to do it as well because that was the first time it was mentioned. Then. When Mycroft is going through his book, you see Redbeard wrote in the book with a little square around it. Mm, and then when yeah. you, you then all the way through the last episode, it's kinda of like st- telling the story of Redbeard where his sister's going, Oh, you, you don't remember me because he he blanked his sister completely out of his memory because it was so traumatic. Mm. Um basically out of the three of them, everyone considered Mycroft as the most intelligent, but he's not. Right. His sister was the most intelligent at all. The most dangerous, the most deadliest of of them busy of the horns yes she was quite scary and
3: hence why she was locked away in a keep and yes oh, why them. not
2: <laughs> I, 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 can, can, can we just say though if you're going to lock some away that was the best bond villain ever type <laughs> oh. of thing you could ever have an island with a, like a, a castle on top of it with an underground like prison that was oh. like reminiscence out of something from silence of the lambs that is some that is some deep deep hiding <laughs> shit there,
1: Um I think some people owed Beth a bit of an apology in the chat because Beth actually brought up ages ago mm-hmm. the Red Dog episode. Yes, so the Red Dog was brilliant, and then someone's and Joe piped up with raw dogging, mm-hmm. and he says, "I think you've downloaded the wrong, the wrong episode here, Beth." And poor Beth had to sit and explain herself. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, glad
1: it got brought oh,
0: up ben. again.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, Red Beard. So as Emma said, um, basically. As Sherlock remembered it, he had a pet dog called Redbeard, who basically went missing. And his sister would always say, I've hidden Redbeard, you're going to have to go and find it. Oh, and, what and, and it, do? And the only thing she would do was sing a song to him. Um, mm. And you never find out until John finds the bones in a well. <laughs> and
3: they're not it. of a dog?
2: No, they're not of a dog. <laughs> it's of a little boy's but You but,
1: it, but you've kind of had that implanted in your head that it's kind of... It, like. Sherlock's memory of this is a dog well, it so
2: you're it, kinda... it, It's it's a bit no? worrying because you're thinking it, it, it can't be just a dog because after she did this a parent sent her away to this mental asylum so you're thinking, oh well, if she's just hidden a dog, not saying that's anything, to, it's reprehensible, it's horrible to think about mm-hmm. but you wouldn't get sent away to the most dangerous mental asylum that's ever been built for doing that
1: her name was Eurus Horns. Yep. Eurus yep. Horns. Who plays that?
2: Uh...
1: Cheyenne Brook. Cheyenne Brook. Why do I reckon that? Oh my God. She was in House of the Dragon. All right. He's um, the um... most
3: terrifying. Like, no, her and Moriarty would have had a field day. You know what I mean. A mm. couple of the century award goes to them too. You know. Well, there Mental. is a,
2: there's a weird scene between her and Moriarty when the flashback when he gets five minutes alone with her and they kind of mm. sniff the glass at each other. It's like, what's going on here? Uh, Clary Starling wouldn't be doing this. Um...
1: <laughs> the way that it's described. Um... Where is it? And the youngest child of Mr and Mrs Holm who possesses a transcendent intellect greater than even that of Isaac Newton. For all of her intelligence, how she's unable to comprehend human feeling. So she is incredibly dangerous.
2: Yes. Wow. Like um, she doesn't contemplate why people are sad or she, um, Mycroft asks her because she's cutting herself to see what her muscles would do. And she's gonna do you not feel <gasps> pain? And she goes, which one's pain? So it's it, but oh she, my god! But the manipulation and how clever it is because if the way they described if you spent time with her, anyone who's not accustomed to her, she can reprogram you, and like she's almost doing it because when they're filming, like they're going through the tapes, and John's watching the tapes, and she's like nodding at certain times she's winking. she's doing certain movements where it's uh-huh. kind of like reprogrammed. you almost like doing a darren brown who did have a cameo in and sherlock as well which was quite weird uh- <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it's kind of reprogramming and how she's basically manipulated everyone to let her run the island as a big uh evil evil villain like uh, base camp mm-hmm. and but the little hints for her in the previous episodes you again is so deathly done. It's like mm. it makes you hate John Watson a little bit because oh. he's going to cheat on Mary because he's flirting with flirting with someone by text, and you find out it's her, and uh, she's basically disguised oh. herself as a young attractive woman, and she's basically played up to. John and John fell for it. But
3: of course, John falls for Holmes. Of course <laughs> <Yeah>. he does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> good point. And then um, she disguises herself, and because this is one of the things I was going to say, because all the way through this show, the one thing that I was lacking is Sherlock in a disguise. Like Sherlock doesn't get dressed up in like anything like disguise-wise that he's notorious for. Yeah. Um. But she does, and she dresses up as an older woman, older like. Scandinavian woman, and she's doing uh John's psychiatrist. And it turns out she's basically just using it to play John, like, and he didn't recognize her from the different things. Like, I didn't recognize her, I'll be honest. Like, she looked like three di- different, completely different women, and then even she baffles Sherlock Holmes because she dresses as. Um, because I'll, I'll talk about uh, this episode as well because it's creepy as fuck. She dresses up as a daughter of a, a, a like a multimedia billionaire, uh, to try and give him clues uh, when he's this drug-addled maniac, um, to basically take down this person. And it, he thinks it's this person's daughter, but it's not. It's Sherlock's sister. And oh, it's... she sounds interesting. <laughs> well,
3: it was all to get you know, then pressure points. It was yes. what? What can I? What can I hurt? my mm-hmm. family with how could, mm-hmm. what does john think of everyone mm-hmm. it was all so cleverly put together and such mm-hmm. a genius plan yeah that she managed to do by just being mental
2: yes um <laughs> and even bringing back the memory of Mariarty just by like simple things like did you miss me that was all her plan like from <laughs> that going back to like his reappearance, and you're thinking, oh, shit, what's going to go happen here? But it was always her, and it was just... Again, a lot of people give Sherlock shit for the the later seasons, but the last Mm -hmm. season, if we take away the season three, because season three was okay, but Uh season four was back to top levels, Sherlock. Yeah,
1: I'm kind of wishing I didn't Sherlock myself out Mm -hmm. with going into season three, because honestly, I was getting to the point where I was like... This just feels like really piss poor writing, and all we're looking at now is just how great Benedict Cumberbatch can say lines. That's that's how I felt coming towards like the hands, of the hands of Baskerville episode. Yeah. Um, which give me pure um American um American werewolf in yeah. American werewolf in London vibes completely. Like I was just waiting for you know Bad Moon Rise and start playing at some point.
2: To be fair though, with any of the Hound of the Baskerville uh, that. The, like any type of version of Hound of Bastervilles has never worked on screen. Yeah. Like, even go back to the old movies. Like no, nothing has ever been as good as the book because the book—that's one of the most famous Sherlock Holmes stories—and it is a brilliant story. It just doesn't work on the physical form because you're not using your imagination. That's the thing yeah. that works with that one because you've got to imagine why people think there's a hound that's running around killing people. Um, it doesn't quite work when you see it on screen, and I think it's mm. an all
3: right job, but yeah, mm. it's just it just didn't work. It was a bit fairy taley, wasn't it? A bit, mm. Mm, nah. I right.
1: think I know why I might have cut Sherlock out of my life towards the end when it originally aired. I've just been having a look at the date. I was very into Game of Thrones at this time, <laughs> and I feel it's like a bit of a Game different of Thrones show. less boobs. Game of this Thrones, one. <laughs> but yeah, no. Game of Thrones just took over everything though. So I feel like I might have just went meh. Sherlock. I'll watch it. I'll I'll watch it later, later, and later. Possibly it just never happened. Yeah. And I was watching them when I was watching them the other day. Mm-hmm. I was just, I was so, I'm done in now. I, I don't think I can watch it. I don't think I care enough to watch anymore now. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but now you're talking about this last season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to watch it. I want to see how sinister sister is. How, how uh, fucked up is Mr. and Mrs. Holmes
2: that they've raised these three Tell different... you what, though, they're so normal. They're the nicest people. I know, people.
1: <laughs> But how, how, what did they do? Yeah. Raising these children? but My I, I, goodness. Cause
2: I think they said that the mother was a like a genius mathematician <laughs> and the father was just a normal one he was because that's the where he was yeah, the normie yeah because <laughs> i think mary's having a conversation with him and she's just loving talking to him and you can see the love and admi- admiration that uh, f- her father's got for mrs holmes um like he's actually boasting about it, like showing off about it, but yeah um I would have it would have been an interesting childhood as well, I think. Uh all these things going on. But it
1: would have been fucking annoying for the dad, that's for
2: damn sure. <laughs> Cause if he's the normy
1: one out of all of them, he's like, For God's sake, man, why have I got these weird kids?
3: Especially when one of them's would have been locked away by the age of yeah. six or something, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. like, what have I done to deserve this?
1: Now we need to forget about that this other child, this other child that doesn't exist now, <laughs>
2: Jesus,
1: what a life!
2: But it's it's they don't think about because um this is where Mycroft goes a little bit sinister as well, because the parents don't know that the daughter's still alive, because oh, right. he's told them that she's died. So you get the little bit at the end, like again, right at the end, where they we've we've got the final solution, we've got everything that's happened, and Mycroft's telling them that she's still alive and it's genuine reactions as well it's like how much of a monster can you be like not telling us that our daughter is still alive like why can we not see her and it's almost like they're demanding now and i don't think mycroft's used to being talked like that especially by his parents where they're saying Mm -hmm. um well we'll go we need to see her and like you can't it's like no she she's turned herself off from the world where she's not communicating where Mm -hmm. Then you see Sherlock enter and he starts playing the violin, and then she kind of reacts to him because I, th- I think all the way through it's hinted at. Well, it's not hinted that she actually says at one point that Sherlock was a favorite, and she always and wanted to... the youngest. Um, yes, because she was the middle child, wasn't that she? Explains it. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> <Yeah. 'Cause> my <laughs> complete
1: is... middle child syndrome.
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I I think if the if we don't get any more the way they ended it was was a nice little touch because it yeah. went through little hints in like uh, of John and Sherlock's uh, adventures and I think um, they describe as well like Mary's little videos in uh, the Baker Boys but it's like the junkie and the the doctor that went to war but didn't and but didn't actually come back from war
1: yeah, I think it's nicely hinted at because everyone knows what Sherlock's vices are. Going mm-hmm. if you know Sherlock the character yeah. before going into this, and I like how they never, they never, they never they said it out loud. Mm-hmm. They hinted at it. You got the idea about it, but they never said it out loud that Sherlock has a drug problem. Well, it, it's hilarious. It didn't in the first parts uh, anyway. No, no,
2: in the later seasons that when he because he, when he starts, he can't stop. Um because mm-hmm. Molly loses her shit. This is where Molly is amazing because she like there's two times um when she does a urine test for him and she braids the living shirt of him because what's in a what's in his urine? Um yeah. and he's like wasting you're wasting yourself, you're wasting your talent. And then um when <laughs> the most hilarious scene ever, uh Miss, Miss Mrs. Hudson kidnaps Sherlock, uh puts her, puts him in the boot of her car and drive because you're expecting like <laughs> uh the car pulls up outside of uh uh, Doctor uh, John's psychiatry power. you Expect Sherlock's gonna be the one getting out, and it's Missus Hudson, and he's saying he's it's Sherlock. He's acting himself. You need to come and say you need to be a Doctor John, and he's like at this point John's finished with Sherlock because he blames blames him for the death of uh Mary because Mary mm-hmm. sacrificed herself to basically so Sherlock could live, and um, she goes you have to come and say and promise. He goes okay. Next time I'm around or next time I'm near him, I'll visit him, and he, she goes okay. She walks around, she opens the boot of the car, and here's Sherlock in the boot in handcuffs, high as a kite. Uh, <laughs> and then. Yeah, in
3: the back of an Aston Martin or something, like, yes. just being, like, rammed around. <laughs> you think, like, who's this nut there? <laughs> oh, it's just Mrs. Hudson, it's fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but then it's one of the most, again, infuriating, because I can imagine how angry and frustrated John must have been at this point, because John thinks he's got Sherlock out of his life and he's moved on and then everything that sean basically says is basically oh uh, we're gonna to have to do this and he's like okay knock on the door it's it's a limousine to take him to see this the, like the main villain in this episode and he's like all right then when did you organize this how did you know i was going to be here he went yeah i organized it three weeks ago and he's like, like, only made the appointment a week ago um and he's like okay i'm not going anywhere until you've been tossed t- tested by the only person i would trust to give me a genuine reading and he goes, mm-hmm. Sherlock just like looks down on the floor and goes, are you are going to hate me? And he goes, what? And knock on the door. And there's Molly Hooper at the door. And he goes, John's like, we you told to come here three weeks ago? And Molly's like, yeah, kind of. And then Sherlock's just out the door. And it's like, oh, you're such a prick. I would have like, loved to just, <laughs> if I was John, I would have sparked them clean out. Um, but again, they go in the ambulance and Molly does all the tests. And again, it's hinted about the, like, the levels that Sherlock's going to. And he says, the, the the amount of junk or the amount of stuff he's taken, he's gonna be dead in three weeks. Oh crazy. Because his like kidneys was pretty much shutting down and stuff. But the reason being he's putting him in, himself in the position um because then you find out the reason why is because um at the end of the last episode you get the video of um Mary giving Sherlock the ultimate case and and he doesn't tell you why and it just says to save John that's the ultimate case, and you see him knocking on the door and get turned back, turned round, and you find out the only way John can be saved is not by saving Sherlock, is by John saving Sherlock. Mm-hmm. So, so Sherlock had to put himself in a situation where he was almost going to die for John to save him, and that's where we have like one of the sleaziest and and just horrible villains in Sherlock. Um, I've forgotten his name of it, but it's played by. Um, he was in. it oh, he's been in loads of Avengers stuff. Now I'll see if I can find his name.
1: Give me, uh, give me a character.
2: Oh, I can't get the character name, but it, I, the only way I can describe it, it's, it's, it's. I know it sounds really bad saying this. It's very Jimmy Savile esque, where. That, he's be-
3: honestly, that's what I would have said. It's <laughs> it, he's one of the scariest characters, and <laughs> just because of the whole aura, the whole uh, about it all, it's <laughs> rank
2: yeah I'm that's
3: to his name. basically he's, um,
2: he's like a charity worker that owns a hospital and he's like a tv celebrity and he's using these celebrity to basically kill people um mm.
3: toby jones is yes that's, that's oh
2: toby jones that's the one yeah and he's got Cove and ch- smith yes and he's busy uh um, created this hospital like H. A. holmes's house like a serial killer where he's got like loads of secret passages. He, he hired contractors, fired contractors. So he can, no one knows the total layout of the hospital or than only him. What a dick. And he's having this wow. conversation with Sherlock in front of kids where he's describing um how serial killers work. And he's saying, what happens if the serial killer has the most power and the money how can you stop him? What happens if the Queen wants to be a serial killer? Could you stop the Queen? And everyone around them is just getting more and more uncomfortable, and it's just, just it makes your skin crawl. And it's so well done. Ooh. And it's like again, it's one of the better Sherlock episodes as well because mm-hmm. Sherlock's purposely putting him in this, put himself in danger and in position so yeah. John can save him and John can forgive Sherlock as well.
1: Oh, I really feel like I've missed a missed a pivotal part in this series.
2: It's it's one of the best. Like say when season four comes up, it it again it surprised me because season three as and I, I wasn't a damn squid. Sorry, it's not like it's not a letdown. It's just the season one and two were benchmarks up it's here. Wrong. Yeah, season three come back, but then season four brought it back to the new level, and we got more Mark Gatiss. So I'm all for if we get more Mark Gatiss in anything. Ooh.
1: Okay, okay. I am working from home tomorrow. Maybe this <laughs> might be. Uh...
3: Honestly, be prepared for that final, the final game, or the final chapter, whatever it was called. Get the tissues ready because yes. you need them.
1: I'm a very emotional person to start with, so I, was, uh, I've Good always luck. got tissues around somewhere just in case <laughs> I just cry
3: for any reason. And um, what was the special then?
1: The special the
3: Christmas special, wasn't it? It was. It was. It basically that it went to. Back in time, Victorian Sherlock, but everyone see. I their... feel I'm gonna love this. It was but false advertisement. It
2: was false advertisement. I would say because we were promised this, as you said, Victorian style Sherlock, where uh, thing which we kind of got, but it, but it turned out to be a drug fueled uh, like hypnosis where Sherlock's trying to work out a case oh. to try and work out how Moriarty is back. Now, it was a
3: retelling of the how they met and everything, but mm. in. In it Victorian. was like a fast forward forward of, but in Victorian era, yeah. and it was at the end. What you realized, yeah, it was a, a drug fueled, um, plane ride, mm-hmm. wasn't it? That the, the <laughs> east wind is coming, yeah. and it was it was it was um, mycroft at the end is when he's like, well, how much have you taken? What what have you taken? You always write it down so yeah. they know how to react, mm-hmm. and that was when you realized, oh, he's absolutely
2: off it's his experience. little nut there yeah so it, it was a fun episode and it was a fun way of bringing back Holmes because at this point he'd been excommunicated um like he was getting shipped out of the UK it was going to be someone else's problem and yeah. um, as you do yeah and kind of like when shit would need him because Moriarty popped up uh the videos and like the world lost its mind like the UK lost its mind right right we need Sherlock back and then like to try and work out because that baffled Sherlock so much, he was like, I've seen him die. There's no way you can fake that death. How did he well, do it? So it kind of, when he was drug fueled, he just lost the plot. Now, again, it told the story in Victoria Times, and and Dr. Watson had a great tash, so it was always good. So he, so he got his tash, um, even though Sherlock mocked him for his tash previously.
1: Can you Can you imagine if this was real life? If this was our life and we had supervillains like Moriarty running amok around it might the be,
0: UK. You never know. James yep.
1: Bond's a thing. You yep. know? Yeah. True. That's I just it. think it'd be like, that'd be just such a great way of living. Just... <laughs> they
2: always say great storytelling and great tales has certain mm. elements of truth. Mm. So, the... True. so the problem is these major bad guys um and major players behind the scenes i the problem is oh, if you've got that intelligence are you going to do it for good or are you going to do it for evil that's
1: ah, that's where you're weird up isn't it mm, mm. interesting so it would be interesting to see in
2: the chat who would be an, a super villain or who would be a hero i don't many i don't I think know, many can, people can be tell you heroes now in the who's chat. going to be super villains
1: and heroes <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. need to discuss that
2: <laughs> so anything any, is there any points that because I've, I've i've just flicked through my notes i know i've just there's probably loads I've missed out, but I'd rather meet it a three hour episode. Is there anything that you guys want to touch on before we start wrapping up? Me, I'm all good.
3: No, I think uh, I've clarified that. Yeah.
2: You've made your Sherlock points clear,
3: and John. Are, are the <laughs> best couple ever. Um, and if anyone wants to rewatch it, rewatch it with that in mind, and you'll never see it differently again. And you will get even more hurt than you did the first time. And, um, just, and just to uh, announce
2: as well, we will be opening, trying to get Emma to join the Discord so she can have her own section to give uh, Sherlock fan fiction. I was right just about a... to ask <laughs> you.
1: I was just about to ask you where can people find your fan fiction, at, Emma? <laughs> oh,
3: someone put in before it was like die Mary die underscore BBC
0: see Emma Millen's uh <laughs> file or something. I was like, how did you find me so quick? <laughs> That's I a new it.
2: username for the Discord, yes. But uh <laughs> but yeah, so um but no that was class. Um just to have a few th- points i would like to touch on as well because i know uh-huh. um we, we talked about emma and a great radio show but for the people who don't know she has her own podcast so do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast as i bring this image up so people can see
3: Oh thanks. Um oh this is unexpected. I'll peek... Oh no I pick this way. Yes. Hello, Sorry. this is the podcast here. Right.
2: Yeah. This way, this way. Point that way. Point yeah, that I'm way.
3: Wrong way. <laughs> yep, then. Yeah, that way. Yeah. yeah. This podcast here. Um basically if you like dance music, if you don't like dance music and just if you're interested at all, basically we talk to anybody really. We're starting with DJs in the northeast, so I might just go to literally anyone, um, about their favourite dance song. So I ask people three questions of, what was your first memory of um getting into dance music? What was the song that brought you there? Secondly, mm-hmm. what was the song that had has a memory with you? And then finally, the question is, how hard do you like it? How hard? Go hard or go home. So, what yeah. is the fastest song in your playlist? And basically, we chat about it, chat shit. Mm. Um, and they're quite short. But um, there's going to be an episode drop tomorrow with an amazing mm. DJ called uh, Nate Brown. He's from the northeast, and um, yeah, he's great. So we're just doing that at the minute. And, cool. and where it's can they find? All right.
2: And where can they find your podcast?
3: You can find us. So basically, we do a little. Um, we anyway you get your podcasts there, Spotify, Apple Music, that sort of thing, and um, also on Instagram and TikTok at Go Hard Pod.
2: True, and I, I have to admit, I did get like I, I nearly. I think I was taking a drink and nearly spurted the screen when. Um, one of your promos popped up where it's got Emma, who's always been so lovely and polite to us and we uh, doing interviews, saying, just in the camera, how hard do you like it? I was like, what What kind of podcast is she doing now?
1: <laughs> you, you, pop, you, did, you did appear on my algorithm on TikTok and I was like, eh? I know that voice.
3: <laughs> you see, you see, it's all this uh, practice I've had with the uh, Sherlock fandom, you know, how hard you like it, you know. I'm not hey. as interested as it is. Anyway. Know how hard you like
1: it
2: now. <laughs> so, um, so just announce a few things for us as well, I've, like I so said, we're trying out a few things here, so if it works, it doesn't. Um, we are doing, uh, being asked to go to a horror convention in April. my reaction uh,
1: with
2: the yay. Uh, April the 7th, uh, we're going to Manchester a Horror Award, where we will be, filming a few things uh for the facebook page and uh be uh, it's nice to be invited places so uh we're yeah, going to go we're, down we're, and show our faces there
1: we're, we're working a convention that's not going to be us doing live
2: performances so yay! yes so you won't get stabbed or uh, thrown uh get cards in your eye or anything like that yeah uh, i don't think michael's coming to this one so you, you <laughs> no safe. no no it's not it's
1: <laughs> it's not no
2: yes. so that's you, you're you all okay <laughs> yes and tomorrow night uh So I'll let Tammy take this away. So Tomorrow
1: night is the debut of a little segment we're going to be doing on Monsters Up North. Every so often, we're going to ask Mike Kell Mm -hmm. to pick a movie. If you've seen Mike's uh, Horror Asylum page where he reviews loads of movies, he has such an eclectic taste. We said, Mike, pick us a movie to do. And Mike picked anything for Jackson as the first one. And Mm -hmm. me and Dan will go through... Each and every bit of it, telling you what we liked, what we didn't like. And that is on YouTube tomorrow at seven o'clock.
2: Very nice. And we have a very special episode of the podcast next Saturday. We are doing a Saturday night episode and a Sunday night episode. But the Saturday, we have a very special guest coming on as well. Uh, We've got Katie Charlwood, who is a professional podcaster. Uh, Professional. (laughs) It's a professional, so yes, not like us. Um, Who who does the Who Did What Now podcast. She is the history harlot herself. And Mm -hmm. uh, she talks about uh, all the history stuff that your schools don't tell you. So the last one I listened to was about the first ever drag queen and also one about uh, the testicle gang in uh, the, sorry, not the testicle gang. The testicle thieves in yeah. tw- in 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 <laughs> in twenties Chicago. A gang of men that went around stealing, uh knocking out people and stealing their testicles to sell for uh, whatever reasons that people bought that's... testicles for back then.
1: Well, <laughs> I have I have picked a handful <laughs> of episodes of our podcast so I've kind of, so I can get to know her. Mm. And that was one that's been mm. added to the list. I was like, interesting.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so that's Saturday. So Sunday's episode, we are doing the Breakfast Club next week. So we are going back to the 80s. Um, On Friday, Goodwill and Graham will be back for another episode of Trekking. Uh, I believe they are doing an episode of Deep Space Nine, which is all about Ooh. cults. So very fitting well, to- with us. they'll know a lot about <clears throat> it. <laughs> So, yes. And just to say a big thank you to everyone that's been involved. We have hit a few milestones because we this is our three years anniversary of running, not the podcast, but running the group. The Nerdy Up mm. North group started three years ago in February. So yep. we did hit 10,000 uh, members of the community this week. Now, the thing that does shock me a little bit as well is on the Facebook page. The number we are sitting at at the moment, I'll just get this up because it's changing by the by error the at the moment. We hit, both
1: really can't keep up with
2: it. Yeah, we hit 30,000 followers uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're currently at 32,898 followers on the Nerdy Up North. Nerds, uh, Facebook, man.
1: What is uh, happening? Yes,
2: so it's it's getting fun. Uh, the YouTube channel is starting to get closer to 2000. So, if you just listening to yeah. us for the first time, please hit the subscribe button and uh, please hit the like button as well. And throw a few comments, ask us a few questions. Um, we'll not be that nasty. We'll just, like, say, ignore you if you're a dick, but that's fine. Uh, <clears throat> but, hey, yes. I'm open
1: to any com- kind of conversation
2: but yes so thank you again and thank you emma thank you for taking thank your time on you, this sunday and thank you for your support it, it is always welcome as well um if you haven't checked out our interview with emma uh, well sorry our interview her interview with us uh where we talked about <laughs> gigging up That's north uh, <laughs> you can get it on the bbc <laughs> website Um I've, I've actually put it uh, on the facebook page as well so if you want to check it out and you can hear emma on the upload show on what day is there are you out there emma
3: Um, It's every Saturday, 6 till 8 on BBC Newcastle and BBC Radio Tees.
2: Thank you very much. See, that's how professional does it, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, same bat time, same bat channel. Stay
1: nerdy, everyone. Bye. Bye!